Welcome to the Market Access Matters podcast. This is a podcast for people in market access by people in market access. I'm Louise Bennett, Head of Marketing at Access Infinity, and I'm your host for this series. In our first ever podcast series, we are shining a spotlight on women leaders in market access, looking at their professional and personal journeys, what's attracted them to the industry, and what's next to help us all discover more about the people within this ever-changing community. Today's guest is Paula Albuquerque, who is Director Global Market Access Immunorheumatology at UCB. Paula has a comprehensive global background within the healthcare, pharmaceutical, biotech and management consulting sectors, and in this discussion shares her strong focus on how to translate science into commercial value propositions. We talk about her upbringing and how it shaped her career choices and journey into market access, But most of all, Paula consistently demonstrates a clear purpose as a scientist who is on a mission to make science accessible for all. It was a fascinating conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the podcast, Paula. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Hi, thank you. And it's a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity for having me here. So can you start, Paula, by sharing a bit about your background and your journey to market access? Oh, it's a very, very interesting question because it's makes me think about my childhood. Uh, It's not that I'm that super bright girl that already knew when I was born what I wanted to become, nothing about that, but um, it's probably uh, the origin of market access comes from my family background. I grew up in a family of doctors and um, certainly uh, compassion and generosity were values that were all always around myself and my childhood. So I was influenced by that. And I think this influenced my belief that everyone, everybody should have equitable access to medicines and healthcare. And I think this is really the beginning of the story, seeing my grandpa and my mother working and working with very people with a lot of care or need for care um, brought me into the market access today and inspired my choices in my career and definitely the work I do every day. So you mentioned many of the people in your family were doctors. Were you not tempted to explore that avenue yourself? Uh, no, no, no. I, I decided to be something else. I, I really admire them uh, as doctors. But personally and emotionally, I, I, don't, I don't feel strong enough to be in the interface with the patients. Though I really know that I have a job and an impact on the patient and patient journey. But for me, it was always difficult to understand um, the pain. And because you can't feel the pain of others, right? And in some situations, you even attempt to understand the pain of others, but then you don't have any solutions. And we know that science is an evolution, right? And for many uh, diseases, we still don't have a cure or, or even a better care. So, and for me, this was always hard to be in the interface of uh, not being able to provide more um, and feel the physical pain of the others. So I decided to study pharmaceutical sciences um, there was a process until this decision, but the right point was on my 18th anniversary when I met a friend of mine and I asked, you know, the usual question, 
what are you going to be studying? And she said, pharmaceutical sciences. And I said, hmm, this can be something I would like to do. So, and he started there. So I decided to apply to a doctorate in pharmaceutical sciences. And I, today, if I think back, it, what you studied really um, determines who you become and what you do. Um, uh, I did attempt it to be a clinical pharmacist at the beginning of my career, but today I would say that I'm a scientist driven by the purpose to bring science to market. So, and this is how I define myself. It's really a scientist fascinated to bring science to something that is available to everybody. Yeah, I absolutely love that statement. And I know it's something you've mentioned to me when we've spoken before. So I wondered whether we could explore that further as in what motivates you and and drives you to stay focused on that core value? Right, it's really a passion bringing science to market because if you leave science and innovation on a shelf, it doesn't benefit anyone, isn't it? So, and sometimes when science doesn't bring, it doesn't reach the market, not only the, um, the financial is the single reason, right? So, and this made me think when I had many opportunities to be uh, facing, you know, molecules that never reached the market or um, during business development opportunities assessments, um, seeing prog- programs and molecules with a lot of value, but not put the clinical programs. So the clinical studies not, don't bring in the, the right evidence to be able to support a marketing authorization or even a market access filing um, in the future. So, and this made me think a lot at the beginning of my career. And um, one of the major motivations uh, on my work is how we can best translate this science, the benefit of a molecule into something that is a commercial value proposition. And doing this in, not in isolation, you know, from the science itself, science really drives me, but is looking into the many angles you can look into it, the patient angle. So what is the true need we're going to solve with this new technology, new molecule? Even the caregivers in many uh, diseases, the caregiver, whatever is a mom, a dad, or even grandparents, uh, brothers, sisters, they have a huge role in the patient journey and, and how the patient leaves the disease. And also from the angle of the healthcare system and physicians and the society overall. So I really like this holistic way to look into science. Um, and one of the papers that most inspired me uh, was when I was in the doing my MBA. I think it's from General Electric. They have a case report or case study about reverse innovation. And this is what I believe, looking to the market needs, patient needs, society needs, and how we can best translate this through science. Um, and this is really my motivation, connecting early drug science, commercial and patient access strategies so that at the end, we can bring innovation to patients. I think that's fascinating. So taking it back to market access as a function, why would you say that is such a rewarding career path for you to work in? Yes, it is. It's rewarding and intellectually stimulating because the combination of many perspectives can bring 
success yeah. to science into the market, right? Um, and this is for me what is more intellectually stimulating. On my day-to-day job, of course, I leverage on my subject matter expertise within pricing, access, evidence generation, health economics. Um, but I can use this expertise through the value chain on how we do drug discovery until getting into the, the market, right? Uh, and also to do that, you don't do it in, in isolation. Even when you are in discovery, you need many disciplines, many other functions. And it's the collective work of all of us informing the work of each other that at the end makes it successful. And this is why I say it's not just rewarding because you end up meeting very interesting colleagues that know a lot about science and and markets, but also you have the opportunity to give an extra mile beyond your subject matter area. Um, So this to me makes it very intellectual stimulating. And I guess for you personally, it's actually playing back into that core value that we identified at the top of this call of actually enabling you to bring science to market. Exactly. And another point that is very fascinating because our area is very regulated, right? Um, There's regulations on how you do clinical trials, how you submit your marketing authorization, but also how you go through the process of pricing and reimbursement in most of the markets. It is regulated, right? And so one of the things I care a lot is about how I keep myself innovative in this such regulated environment, right? I'm always curious to know about what others are doing in other industries, right? How others are bringing innovation and keeping engagement with uh, with the market, but also with the clients and the customer and how the, the interface is built up. It's not always easy to transfer knowledge because we are very regulated, but there are big topics that we can today follow, like artificial intelligence, how we use big data and machine learning and to help us do better the job we are doing for the future molecules that we're going to bring to the market. So there's always a connection with this passion and purpose of making science available to patients. Definitely. And I think that there are, I know from what I've studied from a marketing perspective, there are many examples where industries have looked beyond their own industry to find innovation. So it's really fascinating to hear and an interesting perspective from you that you are doing that. What would you say are the most significant changes you've seen in your career so far? Oh, this is another big reflection for me. Uh, definitely. For me, there are three remarkable transition uh, phases in my career. Um, and interesting to see that they come always after a period that I slow down for a bit. Uh, always these periods of slowing down come for, after something big, right? The launch or uh, an MBA or something really that really brings you something new, um, new skills, new perspectives into your career. The first big one definitely 
was when I finished my executive MBA, which I had the brilliant idea to do it together or with a master in science in health economics. So it huh. was pretty intense <laughs> of learning and exchange. Uh, again, I've learned a lot, particularly in the MBA, because it was really the opening the door to this interface with other industries because you have colleagues from many other industries a lot more senior than you I, w- I think I was the youngest one so and still being heard by CEOs of big companies and this is fascinating right so just tell us how how much value we bring and after that I applied to a job in London and in a matter of five days I moved from a local access pricing position in Portugal in a small consulting company um, and in five days I was in London in a global role so it was a huge transition to me um, joining Double Elix and then McCann Health where I built up my international network um, with governments and payers and payers stakeholders was really nice huge opportunity the second one comes more or less nine months after this transition to London to another global role and moving to Spain, Barcelona, when I joined uh, Armiral to set up and start from scratch the access pricing and HUR team in their R&D. Again, big learning, big learning in terms of personal skills, my ability to listen, uh, colleagues that I admire, um, but also big learning in starting something for, from scratch in an organization that, you know, the classical regulatory KPIs were the focus. So how we could transition to more a commercial-minded organization, starting from the patient need, doing discovery from the patient need, instead of, you know, having the molecule and trying to fit to a need. So this was another big opportunity for me to stick with my purpose in bringing science with meaning to the market. I've had a third one that I think in a career in the pharmaceutical industry is a huge opportunity for us to launch a global brand. I've been lucky enough to be launching my fourth global brand. And so I take it as a big transition when I decided to join the immunology side of the business at UCB and have this brilliant opportunity again to bring another molecule within the immunology space to patients. Wow. So you've seen some massive trends and changes over the years. Each time you go through those changes, what would you say the key takeaways are and and I guess I'm asking the question from the perspective of what advice do you give yourself for the next time round? I think we are always very anxious about the future and wanting to do more and be more right. I think with the years I've it's not that I'm not anxious anymore but I think a bit of anxiety is nice otherwise you don't move on. Uh, But for me, the key takeaways, maybe what I said at the beginning is take advantage of the periods that you feel nothing is happening because you come from a very intense moment uh, of learning or launching a product or doing something big, right, with a big impact. 
is taking advantage of these slowdowns, step back, reflect, and really appreciate, you know, the new skills that you gain before you jump into the next opportunity or transition. My approach is always to build on what I have gained before, but there's also an element of opportunism, right? I've been a bit opportunistic as well, trying to stick with my core values, but looking into the many options I have and take the one that best fits my needs, but also that I can best add value to the needs of the companies I work for. That makes a lot of sense. And so for some context, what is your experience of working with the team at Access Infinity? Oh, I always feel privileged to work with Access Infinity, though I'm always the client, the customer, right? Uh, But I do feel when you work with Access Infinity, I feel part of the team, right? And this is very important. It tells you that they wear your objectives and goals. And at the end, the spirit is really a spirit of sharing successes for both sides. So, and this is very rewarding, right? It's so nice. And you don't see and don't cross a lot of these opportunities to find teams that strengthen yourself, but also your own team. Um, And this is my experience working with Access Infinity. And I'm I'm always amazed uh, with with a team. For me, it's a hub of type A professionals. They start a project. You almost don't notice how they build the puzzle to make sure that you have the right team supporting your project. And even halfway, if we need more people, they bring in and you don't notice all the moves that are on the backstage while they are working for you. And this gives you a lot of trust, right? That at the end, we all going to succeed at the end of a project. And yeah, we, we are very good partners, I can say, because hopefully they feel the same when working with me and my team. Oh, that's really great to hear. Can you tell us a bit more about your current role at UCB? What does a typical day in the life of Paula look like? Oh, my day, my typical day. Um, So for me, it's very difficult to disconnect, you know, professional from personal. So I don't have two diaries. I have one diary, one phone. So a typical day of uh, Paula is even beyond (laughs) you know, UCP. I normally start my day early, um, as probably all of us, uh, but my professional day, I start always with a bit of reflection. I do plan my week in advance, but every day I do an exercise of setting up my intention for the day. And this is linked, of course, with all the activities I have for the day or the next day, preparing meetings and reports or whatever work we need in front of us. Of course, the day looks busy, but the most interesting is links to what we already said is it looks busy and there's many hours of meetings because access is at the core of all we are doing, right? And we are in the interface, in the dependency of many other cross-functional work. So the day looks sitting in many meetings now, most of them virtual meetings because we are a global team and there's people sitting all over the world. 
and and the work sometimes looks like sitting many hours discussing brainstorming and really doing great stuff together to bring new molecules to the market. I don't think it's different from many other companies, but the intensity of the work and it's demanding because it requires you to jump from one topic to the other, sometimes in a matter of half an hour. Yeah, uh, but it's very rewarding. Yeah, I think what I found really interesting there is you talking around the intention setting and that's something that's an area I definitely find very interesting and, and useful and also what you were saying about market access now sitting at the core of so many different activities it must have been interesting to see that evolution of the function over the years what changes do you think are on the horizon for market access? Stepping back a bit about the two things you mentioned you found interesting Setting the intention for the day, for me, really connects with the impact I want to make as a professional. Of course, as a mom, as a wife, because it touches my plan for all the aspects of my life and my career. And it links by the fact that being at the core, we also have a huge impact. And I truly believe access is going to be at the core of the future of the pharmaceutical industry maybe now with a even with a biggest emphasis after the pandemic uh, I think big topics like sustainability of the pharma industry and how a business is the affordability equity of access to healthcare across the globe after the pandemic they become even bigger right and I think one of us is going to have a job there um, mm-hmm. sometimes to redefine this principles and be drivers for the change and this is what I foresee in the horizon for market assets is how are jobs even transforming in the sense that we can do bigger impact not just in the countries where we can afford to have innovation and treatments for everybody but beyond that market and it's probably my part of my passion as well. And do you have any advice for other market access professionals looking to prepare for these changes that you see? Obviously, this is your viewpoint and your perspective on things, but I'm interested to know what your advice would be. My advice, things I'm doing, maybe it's another angle to look into it. They may not be the right ones because I'm very curious and I start exploring uh, what is around me. But that's big topics at the moment, right? The the value of data, the value of artificial intelligence and machine learning in access. I'm not sure if we have fully explored this opportunity in terms of having them as new sources of information to do our jobs, but also from the other side, from the government side and payer side, Uh, how they can also learn from this type of information to take decisions, right? And I think all of us should be open-minded in exploring other ways of building the value, communicating the value of our medicines. Um, For me, is being open to look beyond, you know, the classical pricing and market as a strategy we were always used to do, right? What other types of partnerships we can build with healthcare systems 
as an industry or even in insurance payers, public payers, not only to help or inform better decisions, but also to help to know better how we are transforming the patient journey through the system. Are we taking the right steps? Are we doing the right things for the patient? So how can we stay closer to the systems and, and even the patient and patient communities in a way we provide healthcare? There's an opportunity to be more holistic there. And for me, this starts being open-minded to start exploring beyond drugs, beyond the science we do. Yeah, I think that's incredibly strong advice. And I'd like to wrap it up there. Thank you, Paula, so much. It's been wonderful to interview you today and I've enjoyed learning about why you're so passionate about market access and I'm very pleased that we've connected. All right. Thank you for having me once again and all the best. This podcast has been brought to you by Access Infinity. We are a team of market access and pricing specialists with a purpose to help pharma companies tackle their challenges head on through a combination of technology and consultancy services. Our core solutions are Access Hub, Neuro and Evidence Library, which you can find out about at access-infinity.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, have a great day and goodbye.